We've got some Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. And today we are bringing them to you so you can take action immediately and start creating content momentum. If you'd like to learn more on how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. There's a surprise there for you. Oh, oh yeah let's go <laughs> guys episode 98 we are two away from episode 100 and today oh, we have man. an awesome topic how to increase engagement while discovering the art of story selling this Ooh. sounds like this Yes, indeed. That I, sounds like that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm Fonzie, so excited. Before we get started, though, we do we have a sponsor? Of course, yes. we do. We do, and it is your one and only the Biz Bros with Content That's Momentum. Right, That's right. That's right. And what is Content Momentum? You might be asking yourself. Well, if you have a long form piece of content, you're like just like this one that you're listening to. Or watching, we can turn it into value pack, bite size assets, so you can send it like little minions into social media to get you some more clients. Beautiful. So if you are interested, just slide in the DMs at Beast Bros Co. on Facebook, on Instagram. We want to help you out. Sweet. If you're listening, guys, please go ahead and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button so you know when those episodes are dropping on your phone every single week. And don't forget to follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if you find this episode impactful, which I am sure you will, because today's yeah, guest, yeah. she's off the, off the charts, really. Uh, don't forget to share it and, and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Oh, how we love our content is profit family. They not only over-deliver every single time when in the podcast, but they also over-deliver by connecting us to some incredible entrepreneurs. Shout out to Sean Malone for connecting us with today's incredible guest. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> I am so excited. I feel like today we might end up inviting a new guest into the Content is Profit Hall of Fame. Ooh. Why, you may ask? Well, today's guest has been the only female speaker at Funnel Hacking Live to speak about copywriting. Yes, Copywriting, one of the most important skills a marketer can develop. Not only that, she comes at the perfect time so you can finally start emailing our list. Oh yeah, that's what I'm excited. <laughs> Either way, today's guest figure out how to go from returning a $400 blender to Costco so she could feed her kids to successful business owner in less than five years. Yes, yes. standing ovation, yes. guys. yes. In 2018, she decided to go all in on herself and writing, which has definitely paid off. Mm -hmm. It changed her life, her family's life, and her students and clients. That's amazing. Please welcome the subscriber reviver, email marketing mm -hmm. expert, and the story selling queen, Miss Yara Golden! Hey. This is so fun. I'm like, what's happening over there? The caffeine is talking. The caffeine is talking right here. Bam. I, need, I need whatever kind of caffeine you guys are having. That's awesome. Uh, we, we can't chat after the, after the show. Okay. Okay, I'm perfect. winking for those listening. I'm winking. Okay. Yeah, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, just because this guy over here, we've been talking about email lists for so long. And I'm like, uh, do I need to bring you the first female 
copywriter, speaker, from a fun hacking live, yeah. who has changed thousands of lives for you to do this. And he's like, yes. So yes. we brought the yep. best of the best. And you asked and he delivered. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. Hey, what can I ask? Hashtag table face. I have a good brother. <laughs> what, what else can I ask for, right? <laughs> yeah. For, for those listening, like, what, why don't you share a little bit about your story? Like, who who are you? I know that you've been all over the place, all, the, mm -hmm. all over the country. And, uh, you know, you know, why what you do now? Like, why copywriting? Why email? Oh my gosh, that's like such a loaded question. So, <laughs> you know, you talked about the uh, the $400 blender that I returned to Costco. And at that point in my life, I had just gotten out of, I was actually just going through the process of getting a divorce. I was figuring out my life. And I had a girlfriend say, you know, why don't you just get a job at Nordstrom? I remember this fire igniting inside of me. And I was like, ugh. I don't work at Nordstrom's. I shop there, right? And it was this indignation mm. that came out of me. And it wasn't, um, it had nothing to do with, you know, it being a bad thing to be an employee or to work at Nordstrom's or anything like that. I just knew in my heart that I was capable of so much more than that. Yeah. And it really irritated me and got under my skin that the people closest to me thought that that was all I could do. Right. And so this, like this, this whole journey started for me of like figuring out what that actually was, because yeah. up until that point, I hadn't worked in about 15 years. I was like a stay at home wife. And then I was a stay at home mom. And now here I was, you know, angry because someone was telling me to get a job, which made no logical sense. And so, um, you know, I, I, there's a, it's a, it's a really interesting story. What happened because I was going through a divorce and we uh, really worked through a lot of the problems that we had had in our marriage, but we knew that this was the right choice for us. We were setting up a, uh, a really healthy co-parenting relationship on the back of it. Mm. And the people around us didn't understand that. And so as a writer, I took to Facebook and kind of just started telling the story of what was going on and what I was learning and who I was becoming and how we were doing this. And I started getting inundated with questions from people saying, how are you doing this? Like you're navigating something so well that people struggle with. I have that problem too. This is what's going on in my relationship. And uh, luckily I was around a lot of people who were coaches and, you know, mentors and things like that. Yeah. And they were like, why don't you just become a relationship coach? And yeah. I was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just created a disaster. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, and they told me, they said, you know, you just need to be a couple of steps ahead of somebody in order to be able to help them. And you are navigating this really well. And so I started putting offers out and I became a relationship coach. And that's really wow. what I did for about three or four years. And it was in the process of learning how to market and actually cash flow that business and sell. And like, I had to learn how to do a whole new skill set of all kinds of different things. And I noticed eventually that the one thing I had been consistent with was writing. I had always written to my audience. I'd always written whenever I had feelings, like I would write them. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in rooms like Russell Brunson's inner circle. And there was a business owner in there, uh, Jamie Cross, who came up to me one day and said, you know, I read everything you write. I love it. I feel like I could have written it myself. Mm. Have you ever thought about writing for other mm. businesses? And it was this huge light bulb moment for me. because I was like, no, I hadn't, but holy shit, I'm a writer. <laughs> like, this is the thing that I do. And now I'm a marketer. Like I can sell through words, you know? Yeah. And so I literally took my uh, coaching business income, which at that point was $2,500 a month. 
And within 30 days, I had 10x that. I made $25,000 in 30 days. And I felt like Wiley Coyote strapped to a rocket. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like everything I'd ever wanted was like finally happening. But I was terrified that I was going to screw it up because I was like, don't, like, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Just like keep going, keep going. And I think that one of the things that's really held true throughout that entire journey is that I've just shown up the whole time and been real with people. Yeah. I've told them my story. I've told them when I've been scared, when I've been nervous, when I've been ashamed and afraid and all of those things, I share them with people. And what happens is that that allows them to then connect with me in that fear, in that embarrassment, in that nervousness and say, well, hey, if you're navigating that, you could probably help me do it too. Yeah. And so it's this really... To me, it didn't seem like that big of a pivot when I went from relationship coaching to copywriting, especially for businesses in the way that I do. It just seemed like a natural transition from helping someone in a relationship one-on-one -on -one to a relationship one-to-many. Mm. So that's a, probably a longer answer than you were oh, expecting. No, that's that perfect. Please continue. Like yeah. We're just here like, <laughs> come on, bring it on. <laughs> No, that, that was amazing. I know Fonsi has like, he, he's the smart one here. So he has like the, the good points. So I'll, I'll talk first and then he can like. Pew, pew, pew. Thank you for the compliments, bro. I appreciate know, it. Man. Thank you. Thank you. It's Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> so uh, first off, I want to highlight the way that you tell stories because you could have like continued to talk the entire hour and we would have been like, absolutely. Because you, you mix, you know, images, you put images in our head where it's yes. like, you know, and that is something that we've been chatting about a lot lately when you start doing this kind of stuff uh, around content. And that and that's beautiful because we live that situation with you. I could literally see myself walking into, you know, Costco with the blender right there. And then the Wiley Coyote like image in my head is like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've had th those moments like once or twice in the last eight months and I can totally relate. So I want to highlight those for those listening. Please utilize that, that this thing that it seemed very natural to you, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure is plenty of hours that you put in practice in repetition and continue to do it every single day for you and your clients. So I just want to highlight that. Uh, also 25 grand in 30 days. Incredible, please. Like if you're <laughs> listening right now, this is just the hook, continue listening, right? And and then staying just because you're one step ahead of the person that you're, you're, you're helping, you know, behind you, uh, that has to... We have to we have to allow ourselves to that for that to sink in and actually go execute and help people that are like one or two steps behind us because they need that. Um, so those are my, my highlights. Yeah, no, I mean, something that I really <laughs> relate to is like the very first part of your story where you said that they told you to go get a job at Nordstrom. Right. Mm -hmm. And my part of the story right, that I relate with is I used to be a server at this Peruvian restaurant. Amazing food. It was delicious. Oh, so good. And, I, and so honestly, good. I enjoyed it Like, because I would start having conversations with people and it was, it, it was a great experience. But after I was done there, mm -hmm. I didn't want to go back. Right. And I, I felt that if I had to go back, I would be taking steps backward in, in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a feeling that's how you felt. Like I cannot go get a job there because I'll feel like I'll be taking steps backwards in my life towards I want to go. Right. And there were multiple situations along the journey where I thought I might just go back and ask for a job as a server. But then I was like, no, I got to figure it out. I'm going to find something. Right. And then I would either <laughs> right, like throughout the journey, we learn how to do T-shirts, stickers, how to create videos, all this stuff. And 
and it, it it led me to never having to go back there, right? And again, like you said, nothing wrong with that job. It was a great learning experience, but I needed to take keep taking steps forward, right? So I I relate to that so much. I think a lot of people might have that conflict inside of them, whether oh should I go the easier route or stick to this, you know, push a little bit forward. And I just want to encourage people with, with that story to, you know, hey, sometimes you get a risk it to get a biscuit, you know, just got to take that step forward. Especially if you work with Luis down here, uh, I like a lot of biscuits. So <laughs> he, he has to risk it a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got to fit this guy right here. But I, I'm curious, right? You, you say you started sharing your thoughts on, on writing. Mm. Where did that passion, was that, you know, intuitively? Did you just said I'm gonna start writing, or did that love for writing came before, or do people can actually build that skill of writing? Well, that's an interesting question. I think for me, it's always been the modality that I most prefer. Hmm. So when I was little, if I got in an argument with somebody, I had a really hard time going to them and saying what I was thinking. But if I wrote it out, I had the time and I would pick the right words and I would have it say exactly what I wanted it to say, right? I think yeah. one of the biggest fears I had was being misunderstood mm. or not having the thing ready. Like, I'm not one of those people that can argue with someone and have like bullet points ready. Like, I'm like <laughs> the person that leaves and five minutes later is like, oh, why didn't I say this, you know? Yeah. And so for me, writing things out has always been a way to process and get myself uh, across as well as I can. And so I think because of the emotional um, heights of what I was experiencing, I needed to make it make sense for myself yeah. before I could share it. And, and, and this kind of comes back to three questions that I ask myself about anything that happens in my life. And I tell people a lot that these are the three questions that changed my life. And I don't think that anybody believes me, but they really, really are. <laughs> and the three questions are number one, how did I create this for myself? Which sounds like a simple question, but it forces you into taking personal responsibility for the circumstances, experiences, conversations of your life, right? Yeah. yeah. I ask myself, how did I create this for myself? Number two is what did I learn from this? Mm. And number three is how will I apply that moving forward? And so I would go through the situations in my life, the experiences that I was having, the conversations I was having with my ex-husband, um, situations that were coming up, right? Like, was I going to get an apartment or was I going to like go live with my parents or, you know, all of these things. And I would ask myself these three questions about them. And once I had an answer, once I had processed it for myself and I knew that the, what the lesson was for myself and I could make it a stepping stone rather than a stopping point, yeah. then and only then I could share that with people, mm. right? But, but it was my work. I was doing the work on myself and mm. then I was just being generous and I was being vulnerable by sharing that with my audience, right? Yeah. Which at that point, I didn't know was an audience. I just thought <laughs> it was like Facebook. Yeah, that... <laughs> But that's, that's really the key. It's saying, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to peel back the layers and pull back the curtain and let you have some insight into my perspective on what's going on in the world. And that's, that's, uh, that's invaluable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. You, that, that's, that really reminds me of something that Marley has said before, which is share the scars, not the wounds, right? I mean, you're, mm -hmm. by going through this reflection, these three questions that you just uh, share with us, 
you know, I feel like people can create the scars, right? Like heal the wounds and then share them with with their audience, like just like you just said. And mm -hmm. I also love what you said that that is your mod modality of preference, right? For yeah. us, for example, was video when we mm -hmm. decided like, okay, we need to be consistent at this of doing content because we've <laughs> tried it too many times and we have failed too many times. How can we be consistent? And what came to us was 45 Live, right? The challenge that we created that it was just going live on Facebook for 45 days in a row. What are we going to share? Well, let's mm -hmm. see what happened throughout the day. What is mm -hmm. the lesson and how can we relate that to our business and make an offer, right? We removed the friction, right? And that yeah. was the way we preferred it at the moment, right? Now mm -hmm. for us, it evolved into this amazing podcast that allows us to, you know, have a conversation with you, which is absolutely amazing. So I do want people to think about what is their preference, right? Because yeah. I know there's a lot of people, we say video for us, of course, but you might feel like Yara here and right, like you prefer writing and that's better for you and you can put your idea yeah. ideas better. So yeah, so, I love that. So, so Yara, you know, the process, it looks like the process of you putting, you know, th those thoughts into words as in like writing them out. It was a, an mm -hmm. internal process, right? Like, hey, let me heal. Let me like go through mm -hmm. this process so I can, you know, grow. Why, why then share it? Like, because um, a lot of people out there, when we, when we talk about, you know, the 45 life story, for example, right? We go like, hey, you know, on your business or your personal life, like this allowed us to like grow like crazy as well, personally, because we're doing that, right? The mm -hmm. fact of that we started to share it was because we had a need on the business side. Uh, and we're like, hey, this is why we're sharing it. But through the process of sharing it and, and continue to, to publish, it allows us to not only grow personally, but also on the business side. Why, why mm -hmm. was that sharing aspect for you? Like what happened? Like wh why did you decide to share it? That's such a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question, which it's, is crazy. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, why did I share? So one of my biggest fears, and as you, if you know anybody who's ever gotten divorced or broken up, which most of us do, there's a real need from people around the couple to pick sides, right? Everybody wants to know, well, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Like, who are we going to throw rocks at? Like, who is, you know, the devil? And because we had done so much work to really get to a good place in our relationship and establish a co-parenting relationship, Um, and there was a lot of stuff that came out of our, our divorce, right? Reasons and all of that, um, that people knew. And I took it upon myself to say, it's really important to me that there is no bad guy. Like this was a mutual choice. And my children are going to be around all of these people and hear them talk. And I would prefer to be able to control that narrative. And the only way that I was going to do that was by me putting out my story and giving people my perspective on what was going on. Because if not, they were going to make up their own story and they were going to make up their own mind about what happened, why we did, we did and all of those things. And so it really was, it really came for me from this place of when we even decided that we were going to get a divorce, I remember thinking like, I don't want to hate him. Like, I don't want to start fighting with him. There has to be a better way. Yeah. And so finding that better way for me really looked like changing the way that people on the outside saw what was going on on the inside. And I think if we want to zoom out and apply that to the business world, 
each and every one of us is attacking some problem that we've seen in the marketplace and saying there has to be a better way. And the only way that I believe we can share that with other people is by showing them and sharing with them our perspective and the way that we're approaching the problems that we're encountering, right? Because like I said earlier, we're a couple steps ahead of them. And if we can illuminate that path, it makes it that much easier for them to make the progress that we've already made and that we know that they can make. Ooh, wow. Fire answer. Hold on. Yeah. I just do that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's incredible like as as we're starting to share like not only our stories but also our guest stories right people relate mm-hmm. to that right uh mm-hmm. we're now you know super attracted to like you as an entrepreneur as a person as as a mom even you know me uh, as a mm-hmm. dad right like even that those things are like going into my head and I'm like wow that's something that i can take right and now your trust level is like through the roof, right? Like there's no other person I will, I will look up to. Right. So, and and then that translates also into business. And, and I feel like a lot of people are, are challenged every day with that when they're starting to create their own stuff. Right. And uh, is this something that can be applied at any level or as you grow, like, because we always hear like when you are starting up, like your stories is what you need to share, like is what you need to do is how people are going to relate to you as that attractive character with your business. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, as you grow, do you continue to do that? Like what's, I, I want to add a little something to that question, if you don't mind. Um, you know, when you were sharing this story right now, my mind went to that like, you are a very empathetic person, right? Like you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't want to feel bad throughout the process. I don't want him to feel bad about the process. And I don't want anybody to make anyone feel bad during this process, right? And mm-hmm. But still, like putting yourself out there, I personally think is extremely courageous right to do because you know a lot of times the things that uh, that stop us is that fear of judgment right what are other people gonna say if i put myself out there and Mm -hmm. i know that was us right we were literally you know pretending to live and i'm doing air quotes for those that are listening right now (laughs) the laptop lifestyle like oh we're so cool we're gonna do you you were i was busy working yeah he was busy working out (laughs) yeah uh sitting down right in in the counter so i believe it (laughs) (laughs) and it it got to i was like i knew i had to create content and publish because you hear ross all the time saying it and it took me three years to finally (laughs) you know put myself out there and start saying something in camera and just putting it out there for people to see. So I know that the fear of judgment is is very real. And I'm curious, do you deal with that? If so, how? And maybe how do you guide, you know, your clients that, that, that have that fear? Oh my gosh, I 100% deal with it. I still deal with it to this day. It's like, no matter how much we try, like not everybody's going to like us. You know, I like to say we're not pizza. Like nobody's, <laughs> not everybody's, you know? And um, I remember when I first started sharing stories or mindset shifts that I was having or coaches that I was working with or books that I was reading and like these aha moments that I was having, um, the more my hand shook when I was going to hit post, the more I knew that I had to do it because it was all so so in order to transform yourself as a person right we all have these patterns and these beliefs and these um 
morals and values guide us. And if we want to change, if we want to become who we're meant to become, we really do get to let go of who we are. And that's really scary because there's this place in between where you're like, okay, I'm not who I was anymore, but I'm definitely not who I'm trying to be yet. And I don't freaking know what I like. I don't know who I am. I don't know if I like diet Coke. I don't know if I want a pizza. Like, I don't know if I want to hang out with that person. Like shit's gone sideways. Right. (laughs) What happens to most people is that they will shrink back into who they were because it's more comfortable than pushing through the discomfort of learning who this new version of you is, right? And so the judgment from our peers, our friends, our family, like the fear of judgment that we have is one of the mechanisms that really pushes us to be like, you need to stay where you were. You need to not talk about that. You need to not say any of those things because you sound crazy right now. People are going to unfollow you. So-and-so is going to be mad at you. Like, who do you think you are, right? All of those things. And I think what happened for me in particular was that I had watched my life burn to the ground, right? Like mm-hmm. the life that I had built for myself was literally on fire. And I like, I, I grabbed like the few things that I was like, okay, these things right here are really important to me. And these are the ones that I'm going to take care of. And I'm going to bring them along to my next life. Mm-hmm. I also realized that I had built a life around a fake version of myself because I was people pleasing and I was pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. And so the pain of doing that again or staying in that space was too, too much for me. And so that helped me push through and say, I need to become a new person. And therefore I'm going to say the thing. I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to go to the class. I'm going to go to the conference. And if you're not okay with that, then you just don't get a ticket to my next life. And I'm okay with that. So, so powerful that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that last, yes. that, I feel like that bridge can be a, mm-hmm. a very scary bridge. I picture it like a bridge between two cliffs, right? And down there's like a rapids and it's, it's one of those that move and every step you take, like the board shatters and you're like, no, you're just holding in one hand. That's how that's I imagine really, that bridge. And I think that's one of the reasons why like shows like this one are so important. Conferences, like mastermind groups, coaches and mentors and all of those things are so important because you get to really find a group of people like a peer group that helps you create a new sense of normal in your life so you're like okay well i may not know who i am but these guys seem to know who they are and they're moving in the direction that i want to go and so i'm gonna like hang out with them because if i keep hanging out with these guys i'm just gonna go back to my old ways And so, yeah, that's super important. That's, that's incredible. And I think, you know, I I was about to make a comment uh, around that is last year for us was massive. That's when like we invested the most money we've ever done, like in the business, at live events, you know, we, we traveled a few times during the year to go to these events and be in that environment. So we could like take it in and be like, wow, like they're there. Like there's a reason they're up there. Like how can we learn from those people? How can we be around those people? And and in part, like the show, we say it almost every every single episode is 
to mimic that environment. We're like, okay, having this conversation with you, for example, it's it's amazing because like, yes, that that's it reinforces that the direction that we're going, it reinforces to the audience that that's the direction that we need to go, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so important to create that environment for yourself. And it took us, you know, like Fonzie said, three, almost four years to get to that point because we're trying to change, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people behind us like, why are you guys even trying to do that? Like, you guys should be yeah. okay. Like, you know, just live your life. Like what I'm like, no, like this, this fire, like we need to like move forward, like stop. Right. And it was, it was really challenging at first to make that division be like, you know, enough. Right. We're still friends. That's fine. But like, if you don't like it, man, you don't have to like follow. You don't have to like be around me. Like if you don't, if you don't like, it. and that's okay, because as we move forward, we could do that. I remember a, a very vivid scene. Uh, we went to uh, Steve Larson's mastermind, right? And it was about mm-hmm. 70, 70 people in the room. And after the third day, we're walking out and we like stood at the door and we turned around and we saw those and we had a blast in those three days. And it was like 12 hour days, just learning like marketing, like mind blowing stuff, right? For us, uh, my wife would be like, that's so boring, but whatever, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, but we turn around and we're like, wow, we've been having a blast. And we're like, that's our people, right? Like that, those are the people that we need to be around with. And every single one had wonderful stories. And same thing with this amazing community, you know, especially after Funnel Hacking Live was something very similar. And what you said about environment and trying to like, you know, those are the people that are holding the bridge on the other side. Like <laughs> you can do it. Come on, make it this way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Absolutely. So, so, so incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing with that. Now, yeah. Do you have something? Yeah, I, 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 I can I, feel. I can feel like you have something. You can feel the energy. Just say it, bro. Just I, say I, it. I mean, I, I wanted to transition a little bit. Yes. You know, like I don't know if you came up with this term. I think it's genius story selling, right? And I feel this first half an hour of the episode has been all story selling. And correct me if I'm wrong, right? But you have been sharing some incredible stories, and you have been putting, you know, emotions into the listeners. Right. And we all know people buy emotionally first. Right. We need to create that connection with people uh, and their emotions. So what what do you do with because I'm sure you get people that comes to you and they 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 come, uh, you know, hey, teach me how to do email marketing the right way so I can profit. Right. Of course, I know profit might be the end goal of it is the end goal of any any business, but I'm sure that is not what you lead with when you're teaching people the the story selling, right? Or or however you you teach them. So I'm curious, what would you tell to someone that is just focused on the profit, on the on the money side of things when when they go into email marketing and copywriting? Oof, that's a loaded question. I think I would tell them all, that all shotguns here, Yara. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> loading. I know, right? I think I would tell them that they're missing the boat. You know, there's whenever I interview somebody that we're going to start writing for, because we run a full service copywriting agency, right? And I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs and product creators and these like change makers in the world. And, you know, everyone wants to know like, well, what's the ROI and how's this going to drop down to my bottom line and like all of these things. And I'm like, you know, let's, let's, let's start somewhere else. For a second right like let's forget about like the big goals that you have and like the huge number that you want your list to be at and your open rates and all of that like why don't you tell me why you started this business in the first place mm. right like let's talk about that 
And so I really put them in a frame of mind where it's like, you're not trying to crush these huge goals. You were trying to solve a problem for somebody. And more often than not, you were trying to solve a problem for yourself and you just happened upon the solution or you went out and intentionally created the solution and you turned around and were like, hey, there's a whole bunch of other people like me. I bet I could help them with this same problem because I already figured it out, yeah. right? There are a million and one things that each and every one of us could be doing today other than trying to run a business. Yeah. <laughs> like entrepreneurship is not for the faint hearted. <laughs> like there are ups and downs. It's hard, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, let's like everything is how we how we perceive it, right? But I mean, it, it has its challenges. Absolutely. And we get, we are asked to become a very different person than how, who we started out with. Let's put it that way, right? So there's yeah. a journey that we go on. And so when I really can get somebody into remembering why they fell in love with the thing that they fell in love with, whether that's a person or a business, yeah. right? If I tell you, you know, if you guys are married, I think you said you're married, Luis. I am, yeah. We're not married to each other. That would be very weird. <laughs> that would be very weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but let's, let's put it this way. If you come to me and you're just like, Yada, I can't stand my wife. We're in a huge argument right now. Whatever the thing that you argue most about is, you're like right here, right? I don't even want to see her right now. And I'm like, hey, Luis, why don't you tell me about when you met your wife? What was like, where were you? What was she wearing? What did you have for dinner? Like, yeah. what did you guys talk about? It softens you to the fact that this person that's in front of you right now yeah. is still the same person that you fell in love with, right? Absolutely. Definitely <laughs> not a story we can share on the podcast, by the way. I just want to throw that out. Like, but yes, back in love, right? for sure. You're back in love and you're just like, okay, I want to navigate this with yeah. her, right? Yeah. If you're, when you're the business owner and you're thinking about what you're going to get, you're already losing. You mm -hmm. really have to put yourself in a position of what am I going to give? How am I going to serve these people? How am I going to impact their lives for the better? And then create an opportunity for them to step into that. Like my job as a copywriter, my job as an entrepreneur is to help my prospect understand that there is a better way. They're not crazy for looking for it. And I actually have created a way for them to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and like, Hey, it's okay for you to step into this. Cause I struggled with the same thing. I felt like I didn't know what to write about. I couldn't maintain consistency for the life of me. Like yeah. I couldn't put a CTA in an email to save my life. Right. Yeah. But I figured out how, And if you're struggling with those same things, I would love to help you, right? And so the, the segue becomes very, very natural and you create a culture where you are no longer selling to your audience, your audience is buying from you. Oh. And that is such such an important shift that happens because it it's just so much easier. <laughs> like yeah. It legitimately is just easier. <laughs> Wow, that that's amazing. Thank you so much. I, I love that that last part, you know, you're not selling to your audience, they are buying from you, right? And, you know, personally, I think we both had it a little bit. And then my brother went into sales before I started, you know, selling or service. Did you sell? Uh, maybe. I don't okay. know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, you know, I had the perception that yeah. sales was convincing. And we had this job, right? We We used to coach two to six years old on how to play soccer, right? So obviously we had to sell the parents. And when we were at those daycares and we were trying to sell, it yeah. was it was nerve wracking because <laughs> I had the perception that I was trying to convince them. I was trying to sell them this thing, right? And it was a $15 membership. Like, you know, now I look back at it. I'm like, wow, how, <laughs> why would I, right? But I embrace it. It's part of the journey. It was a great learning lesson, but... It is 
it is key what you say because when you change that perspective right and it's about giving not taking from them you start creating mm -hmm. value and then the law of reciprocity kicks in and they want to give back to you yeah. and it, it, it kind of like builds this amazing relationship with your audience and now that you know i mentioned relationship i know you have a really cool take on on, on emailing right we, we were listening to your podcast with dave woodward who he's amazing too and you were talking about telling people to reply to the emails, right? <laughs> yeah. Which not many people do. <laughs> not many people send broadcast email to their list asking them to answer them. That can and be I, a scary thought, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think that's amazing, right? We on, on the social media side, which I will say is a little bit more obvious, yet people still don't do it. Um, they post for the sake to post instead of like mm -hmm. post for the sake of creating conversation, engaging, right? Getting to meet the person on the other side. And you take this concept and apply it to email marketing, which I think is absolutely amazing. How do you get to that point? And why is the reason that you do it? So I can't stand talking at people. That was actually one of my biggest mm. fears when I was at Funnel Hacking Live, because I'm like, there's gonna be 4,500 people there and yeah. I don't get to like hear from them. Like I want to have a conversation more than anything. And so I want to talk, I want to have a conversation with people, right? And the only way that we can achieve that through email or social media or any written form is by asking for the reply. It's by opening the channel of communication and saying, hey, I just shared a story. It's very organic and natural. Like this, we've been doing it all day, right? Like this whole interview, yeah. you ask me a question, you give me some time to think about it and reply. And then that leads you to like your next question or your next story that you're sharing, right? This is what we do naturally and organically when we're in person. But for some reason, when we get behind a computer, we're like, hey, buy my shit. <laughs> and it's like, stop it. <laughs> Just be yeah. a regular person, you mm. know? Um, and so that's really what led me to the reply. But what's really interesting is that it also allows you to do a couple of different things. One, it really allows you to test your content with your audience. And more than likely, your audience is full of your ideal person, right? And so when you see the open rates skyrocket, you know that that's something that they're really interested in hearing about. When yeah. you see the replies come in, like flood in, you're just like, oh, wow, like maybe I should make an offer around that. Or those are actually buyers, right, who are asking buying questions and you yeah. get to turn that into a sales conversation. Mm. Um, Number three is that it actually helps your deliverability with your email autoresponder because people are replying to an email list, right? Like yeah. obviously they want to get this in their inbox. And so it, you know, that was actually kind of like a, an accidental side effect because I really just wanted to talk with people. But when I started seeing that, I was like, no, this is something that we have to do. Like as businesses, we can't, we can't forget that there's a person, there's a human with a family, with yeah. a problem on the other side of this screen. And and if we just talk at them and are selling to them constantly, like it doesn't feel good. I don't know about you, but I unsubscribe from lists like that really fast. Yeah. Yet we think that that's how we're supposed to market our business. So we're not even mimicking our, our, our interaction with other businesses yeah. in art. Yeah, that's amazing. That that reminds me of the don't do to others what you don't like to 
I don't it's know. The golden rule. The golden yeah, rule. The yeah, golden that rule. I, I'm like trying to. Str- I always say it in Spanish, so I'm trying to translate <laughs> it. I just my tongue tongue twister. Yeah, that's that. That's so good. You know, like Fonsi said, like we encourage everybody to have these. Con- we call them content conversations, right? Because obviously we're we're heavy on social, and yeah. uh, and it's it's like that. Once you start having that conversation, you can help mm-hmm. somebody. Like truly, like make some room in your schedule i'm sure like if you go to your phone we talk about this on the minimum viable content side of things but also go on your phone see how many how much time you're spending on social media just consuming stuff twist it put in like 10 minutes where you like you see a comment add value right and then ask a question for you be like a reply see what happens mm-hmm. uh, a, a quick example of this which was crazy last week we're in one of these like social groups uh i, th- I think one one of these platforms that allows you to publish everywhere right and they're having all these questions like who has a template and i'm like i was literally in the bathroom i'm about to go to to like to the office and i'm like should i should i reply to this right of course it's like what <laughs> in the bathroom yeah i was washing my hands Fonzie. okay man come on what's that yeah, face yes <laughs> <laughs> so anyways i'm like okay here here's my take on this thought guess what like when i checked back at noon it was 37 people asking for that thing that i put out there wow 37 people guess what after following up with each one of them we were able to book a q a session to talk about that which is gonna become more information that i can gather from my market from the things that we worked and that's a very practical example with email it's like literally a shorter distance because they already trust you because they already gave yeah. you that email right you already have some level of of trust with them if you have been emailing them hashtag Fonzie gotta do it uh, we'll talk about that in just a second hashtag uh, get on it get on it please uh, but it's it's so valuable right it's having those conversations now to transition into why you're here the the real reason why you're here Yara um, how how do we get Fonzie to send oh, an hold email on, before, before, hold on before <laughs> we move on I think uh, I think it's it's interesting that you said, you know, what they're on your email list and so they have some level of trust in you. Mm-hmm. I actually would push back on that. I think that Do a lot awesome. of people I think that a lot of people who get on your email list are what what we would normally call like tire kickers, right? Like they're mm-hmm. just like, Hey, I saw your ad and I wanna see who you are. Like I'm here to kind of check things out. And mm-hmm. if I like you, maybe I'll stay. If I don't, I'm out, right? Or I'm just gonna completely ignore your emails for the rest of my life and what my suggestion to marketers out there is is to really take a step back and say you know most of us give our highest level of attention to our highest paying clients right like we're like you guys are the ones that get the secret behind the scenes info of what's going on you guys are the ones that get my perspective my thoughts my strategy all of that I flip that around because I've realized that my highest level clients are the ones that I'm like Hey, you need to send this email and they're like, check, I'm on it. And they go. So they actually need the lowest level of touch. So when I flipped it, I was like, oh, that means that my email subscribers actually are the ones that need the most of my attention. They need to see the back of the house so that they can actually develop that no like and trust factor that you guys are alluding to. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so they are the ones that I bring in and I'm just like, you're my new best friend. Like, welcome to my world. Let me tell you about who I am and what I do and how I do it and who I've done it for and how I learned it, how I earned it, where I totally fell on my face and how I dusted myself off when I, you know, when I fell and all of those things. And that's actually what I believe develops the trust, not just the fact that they got on your email address. Like you really do have to work at creating that. I just want to say wow. this gong moment, ma- massive hashtag golden boulder. 
Thank you <laughs> for challenging this. We love this. Every time yeah. we're like, I, I'm sorry, but can I try? No, no, no. Go ahead. Do it. You know, <laughs> I love it. And uh, it, it, like, honestly, it brought out like a new perspective, right? Because yes. you like, yes, they're exchanging some time and, you know, the email. But like you said, we might not know these people. Like for us, for example, is everybody that's on our messages, everybody that's commenting on these videos, right? Everybody that's sending us <laughs> the DMs. That's true. That's true. Thank you for changing my perspective on that. Yes, no, yeah. I, I love. Thank it. you so much for challenging that idea. Uh, first time I hear that, yeah. you know, and and now that I that you put it this way, I'm like, that is totally true. Like I've been that tire kicker person. I've mm. I've gone into people's email list thinking, well, let me get the lead magnet, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, let's see how good it is the email and what I can get from here. And yeah. It, And like two emails later, I'm like, eh, unsubscribe. Not good enough. Yeah. Right, move on, move on to the next one. So, wow, that put things into perspective over here. Muy bueno. I like yeah. it. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Yeah. So so we can start wrapping these things up because, you know, um, you have a life to go back to. Even though, <laughs> even though we agreed on a 24-hour marathon here uh, talking about email. Just saying. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All okay, right. So, I brought my water just in case. I was like, I need to hydrate. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So if somebody... I'm asking for a friend <laughs> has an email list and uh, they haven't emailed ever or if any, any email, right? What's the best way to kind of start? Again, asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Fonzie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's my friend too. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're actually not in this situation by yourself. Like so many more people than you could even imagine Um, I actually run a challenge called Subscriber Reviver, and I've had close to 2,000 people go yes. through the challenge. So wow. there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. <laughs> Secret so plug, guys, go now. Go there now. We're going to leave yeah. all the links below. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there who have a, they build a list. And what happens to us, I think, a lot of the time is that we get so caught up in the ads, right? And we're just like, okay, we got to build this list and we got to make these ads so that we can build the list. But then we figure out that our ads actually sometimes sell our thing. And then we start chasing the sale, right? When in reality, I believe that a Facebook ad is or Instagram ad or whatever ad you're running isn't necessarily designed to sell your thing. It just happens to. It's designed to collect the lead so that they come onto your email list so that you can then market to them for free, essentially, yeah. forever and ever until they decide to leave or you totally screw up, right? Yeah. So you you spend all this time, money, and energy and like heartburn, right? Building this audience. And then you turn around one day and you're like, well, when I have 500 people, then I'll start emailing them. When I have 1,000 people, then I'll start emailing them. Oh crap, I have 10,000 people in this mm -hmm. audience and I haven't emailed them in forever. Right? Where do I start? It does feel like a big boulder to push up the hill. Yeah. And I think that one of the, I'll start with the mistakes that I see people make. The apology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I haven't emailed you in forever. Mea culpa, like I'm the worst business owner ever. It's like, no, stop. Like nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. Stop apologizing to your audience. Like you're a human being, like you have a life to live. Yeah. And you have a business that you're running and that's okay, right? So the three emails that I tell people are part of the Subscriber Reviver framework are uh, an email where you're saying like, hey, I'm back. Like, 
I'm excited. Like this is really cool. I'm back. This is where I've been. This is what I've been up to. This is what I learned about myself, about my business, about the world, whatever you want it to be. Right. But we're going to burst through the wall, like the Kool-Aid man, right? Like we're gonna be like, Hey, I'm back. <laughs> like here I am. And you're never, ever, ever going to apologize to them because the only thing that apologizing does is remind them of the fact that you haven't been there. Right. Because yes. our email lists are so important to us, we mistakenly believe that our emails are super important to other people. They're yeah. not. <laughs> You're one of hundreds of emails that come through somebody's inbox. Right. Yeah. So bringing that energy is super important. Email number two is to tell them what you're excited about, right? Like, hey, yesterday I talked to you about how the fact that I'm back, like I've been on this trip or this journey, or we've been redesigning our business or working on this product, whatever you're going to say, hopefully it's true, right? Because I really like integrity. So bring integrity with you. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm super excited about. Tell them, tell them, tell them, like keeping that energy up. And then the third day, you're going to say, hey, this is how it pertains to you. And if you'd like to, I would really love for you to come on this journey with me, right? So it gives the people the option to opt out. If they're interested in hearing about this brand new, awesome thing that you're so excited about and back to share with them, they can stay on the list and they know exactly what the conversation is going to be about. If they don't, they're like, I can't stand this lease guy. I'm out. <laughs> you're like, you're saying like, it's okay. Hey, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. Like, these are the people you're calling out once again to your ideal avatar. You're saying, this is what I'm excited about. This is who it's for. If you want to come along the journey, let's go. That's what's happening. Right? So that's really the subscriber reviver portion of Love it. The, the framework. From Ooh. there, I would move into what I call a warm up campaign. And the warm up campaign is made up of six emails. And each of these emails answers one of the questions that I believe every single prospect has on their mind when they come onto your email list. Who are you? Where did you come from? What do you do? How did you earn it or learn it? Who do you do it for? And how can you do it for me? Mm. Right? So this is where we're giving them, like if you meet someone in person, they're the same questions that they're gonna ask you, right? We're just doing this in email form all the while allowing them the opportunity to email us back and answer some questions that we're leaving in there for them. We're giving them the opportunity to be like, oh my gosh, me too. Hey, I'm struggling with that thing. Yeah. And we're giving them an overview of your business of like what you do and who you do it for and how you can do it for them, right? So that's really the magic of story selling is that we're taking a story and we're wrapping it around your product, your offer or your service so that it's, it becomes their idea to reach out to you to help them with that thing because you're telling them how you did it for yourself. That's yeah. so awesome. That's so good. Fonzie, wow. you ready? I'm so ready. I'm, re I'm ready to okay. even take part on your challenge. I, so, need to I need to go sign up right now. Yeah, just full disclosure yeah. here. Yesterday, he sends me a text like, hey, <laughs> can I sign up for this? And he sends the link, right? It's, uh, it's an offer for a yeah. copy. And I'm like, man, you've been like geeking out on copy for like how long now? Like, really? Have you have we sent an email yet? It's like, no. Okay, well. I mean, I sent emails not to the email not, list. Not to the email but... list, like just like one-on-ones, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, you know, commitment, commitment time. 10 emails and you can do that but right now we're gonna change that to your challenge by yes. the way and, and it's gonna happen soon today okay good. yeah what, what are we waiting for nine emails anyone can write nine emails exactly yeah no i'm gonna <laughs> let's sign up 
for her challenge. Yeah. And we'll, we'll go along as we do it. Yeah, that's perfect. Done. I'll, tell you what, I'll give it to you guys. Oh, oh what? Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, want, I want to invite people that are listening to to sign up and, and do it with do us. Do it with us. Let's, yes. let's go do it all together. I know Tony was watching live, so Tony's like, I need this thing. So, Tony, I, we're, we're sending you a DM uh, right after this, and yes. we're going to do that too. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, that's incredible. As an action point, you know, because we're coming down on the, on the time of the interview. Please yeah. go ahead and sign up for this challenge. I mean, what, what is the link? What is the uh, link? Subscriberreviver.com. Easy peasy. So easy, easy peasy. It's going to be in the links right below. All you got to do is scroll down to. Uh, yeah, if you get like an overwhelming amount of signups <laughs> in like two weeks, it's because of this show. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so we'll be there with you. And uh, last question that we absolutely love because you, you, you know, it, it, content just like goes out of you. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Where would you be if you did not publish? Oh man, I would, I would probably be working a job. I would probably be in like an apartment somewhere stressed about like how to make ends meet. And for me, it was really finding my voice. Like it was stumbling through the awkward feeling and the nervous feeling and the judgment of from others and of myself, right? Of like, who do I think I am? Um, it, it changed my life. It legitimately changed my life. And the most beautiful part about it is that once it changed my life, it gave me the confidence to know that I could change other people's lives. And that's what I get to do today. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for the yeah. reminder for, 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 to us and yeah. to everybody listening, please go ahead, start publishing, like find your minimal viable content, you know, for Yara was like writing, yeah. writing things yeah. out, right? It can, it can be that, right? It could be as simple as that. And we got to make sure that, that we're consistent, you know. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all the golden boulders today, all the gong moments. Uh, yeah. Now you are allowed to listen to the show, Yara, so <laughs> you can't understand what that's coming from. <laughs> inside of jokes, inside of jokes here, content's profit. Jokes, yeah. <laughs> Everybody comes like, what are those what, that you guys are talking are about? It's like, is that the accent? Or I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not quite sure I'm getting those. <laughs> yeah, where where can uh, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you other than the challenge? Oh my gosh! Okay, so I am desperately trying to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram because I just want to be able to swipe up. I want to be a cool kid. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me at the uh, at the art of story selling on Instagram. That's actually where I'm most active. You can find me on Facebook. YadaGolden.com, SubscriberViver.com, any of those places will get you to me. Awesome. awesome. We're not even going to put all the other links. We're going to put the Instagram right there so you can get like yes. to that. Again, if you get to that like in two weeks, it's because of us, clearly. You guys will be my first swipe up. How about that? <laughs> oh, that would be, be pretty cool. Oh, man, let's you go. Know what? We're going to run the ad <laughs> Especially of, of this podcast the whole budget. to your Instagram page. That's what we're going to do. That's it. Yes. That's it. Uh, awesome. Yeah, don't leave. We need like to give you like a virtual hug. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Contains Profit Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash the subscribe button and follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That's right. And if you find this episode impact impactful, which I am sure you did, and I know you're going to start sending those emails because I'm going to do it as well. Please don't forget to share it. And, and. We got five-star review and we run we run over the music. That's fine. All That's right. what I find. Bye. <laughs>